0: Okay, let's hear him.
1: Okay. What walks on four legs at the start of life walks on Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> let's undo this. Um what walks on four legs at the start of day, walks on two legs in the middle of day and walks on three legs at the eve in evening. What is it? It is a sphinx.
0: <laughs> it's a sphinx? Oh.
1: <laughs> 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 it's a man. A baby walks on four calls le- crawls on four legs at the start of life. Um, He, in his youth, he um, walks on two legs and when he's old, he walks on three legs. The third leg is the cane. Oh.
0: He's got four legs,
1: huh? No! Did you hear the baby part?
0: (laughs) I didn't know babies had
1: four legs. (laughs) Oh!
0: Hello and welcome to the Braindrop Podcast, a show all about puzzles, riddles, mysteries, and games. I'm your host, Brian Hobbs. This week, I tell Sherlock Holmes about the puzzle from last week, and he immediately comes up with something harder. Can't leave well enough alone, can you, Sherlock? First, I'll give solutions to the puzzles from last episode. We'll listen to the lateral thinking puzzle being solved. Then I'll share three new puzzles for you. Here's last week's answers.
1: Solution one. (laughs) This
0: doesn't make any senses. Short version of this puzzle... Census-taker visits a house to ask the ages of Mrs. Miller's three kids, Mac, Max, and Maxine. She tells them that the product of their ages is 36, and the sum of their ages is the number on her gate. Census-taker thinks for a moment, but then declares he doesn't have enough information, at which point she responds to her son Max that she will go and break up the fight between the, quote, younger two, Now the census taker has enough information. So, what are the ages of all three? So how do you approach this puzzle? To start with, knowing they add up to 36 gives us factors of 2, 2, 3, and 3. So 2 times 2 times 3 times 3 equals 36. That gives us eight possible solutions for their ages, remembering that we can throw a 1 in there and it wouldn't affect the product. So, 1, 1, and 36 would multiply to 36, as would 1, 2, and 18, 1, 3, and 12, 1, 4, and 9, 1, 6, and 6, 2, 2, and 9, 2, 3, and 6, and 3, 3, and 4. So we know that the ages are one of those sets. But if he knows what the sum is, and yet still doesn't know which set it is, what does that imply? It means that there must be at least two of those sets that share the same sum. So going back to the sets we mentioned, the sums are 38, 21, 16, 14, 13, 13, 11, and 10. There were two sets that add up to 13, so that must be the number on the gate. Those two sets are 1, 6, and 6, and 2, 2, and 9. So it's one of those, but he doesn't know which. He doesn't have enough information. Then she says that Max tells her that the younger two are fighting. In the case of one, six, and six, there isn't really a younger two, or you would very doubtfully refer to them that way. So it must be two, two, and nine. Since Max was the one who came and told her, he must be the nine-year-old while Mac and Maxine are the two-year-olds duking it out. We had two people send in correct answers on day one. Shannon from Virginia and Rain from California both sent in the right answer. Good job. You get a thousand points each. Use them wisely.
1: Solution two.
0: Say syllables three times fast. This original puzzle was sent in by Stephen Sneed. Five letters anagram into three words... One that is one syllable, one that is two syllables, one that is three syllables. What are the words? Second part of the puzzle was the same, except with seven letters. So let's go with five letters first. There are a couple of possibilities. Uh, Some of them have words that are easily recognizable, but with an obscure word maybe thrown in there. So possibility one, diary, D-I-A-R-Y three syllables, then move the letters around to make dairy, two syllables, and then the one syllable word is yaird, y-a-i-r-d, it's an old Scottish word for yard. (laughs) I've got three wee ones running around the yard. something like that, that was my best and worst Scottish. So anyway, option two, media. Three syllables, aimed, one syllable, and then here's your obscure one, amide, A-M-I-D-E, a substance formed from ammonia by replacing a hydrogen atom with a metal. Am I dead? Asked Amide Ed. But I was looking at that previous answer, realized though that if you change one of the letters, there's one that uses only common words. So I was pretty excited about that. Ready? AIDS, A-I-D-E-S, as in the president's AIDS, one syllable. Aside, two syllables, ideas, three syllables. I think it's three syllables. There's some debate on the internet about whether that, whether idea is two or three syllables. Anyway, so I think that's a good solution. All right, seven letter words. Here's one yearned, year-end, and deanery, the official residence of a dean. You know, just like a battery is the official residence of a bat. Anyway, another one would be claimed, declaim, and decimal. I didn't come up with any of my own on this one, sad day. But it's a cool puzzle. Thanks again to Stephen Sneed for that one.
1: Solution 3
0: pyramid handwriting scheme. Last week's lateral thinking puzzle by Stephen Wirt. Here it is. One day my neighbor invited me around for a cup of tea. After we had drained our cups, he revealed the ulterior motive to this invitation. He presented me with a series of small pieces of paper and asked me to write two words on each. I was happy to oblige, and we parted amicably. What was the purpose of this exercise? I solved this one with my friend Paul answering questions. Okay, so to rephrase this, because someone invites him over. I mean,
1: invites him for tea or whatever, but there's Let's a real give reason. give these guys names. Do you mind if I give them names? So okay, the saying, so. The one guy and the other guy. Well,
0: this puzzle is by Stephen. So Stephen comes to, um... Goes what's, to... What's a good one? Tom's house. Tom, okay. So Stephen goes to Tom's house. Tom invites Stephen over. Yeah. And Tom says, The real reason I invited you over (laughs) is... uh, is Sinisterly or not. ...is because uh, (laughs) I've got these two pieces of paper. Is that what it was? Two pieces of paper?
1: A series of small pieces of paper. A series of small pieces. And asked me to write two words on each. Oh, on each of them.
0: Okay, so he says... I've got all these little pieces of paper. I want you to write two words on all of them, please. And he says, That makes sense. <laughs> and he does that <laughs> and uh leaves. Okay. So I, I I'm assuming that the two words are not like his name. First and last name, are they? No. Like he's just signing things. <laughs> <I'm> not <laughs> Okay. Signing his own name. Right. I mean I don't I don't know. Maybe they're words in other languages, so
1: um, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: alright, alright, alright. Um, he, and the pieces of paper that he has are, they have something on them already. They're blank. Are they blank or do they
1: have something on them already? Um, could it, be? it sort of doesn't matter. Sort of doesn't matter. They, for the purposes of the, the answer said that they do have something written on them, but they theoretically they do not have not to. Have, they don't have to.
0: Like are they a very specific size, like a playing card size or a I,
1: I guess specific size is the wrong word. But specific dimensions? Specific dimensions, they don't have exact dimensions, but generally speaking. If you know the answer, you know generally what the size of the <laughs> <okay>. paper is. <laughs> is it bigger than a playing card? Um probably not. Smaller or just about the same size? Uh, Probably smaller, about the same size. So, and the,
0: I mean, I'm assuming the two words, like, I would, if I knew what the purpose of these things were, I would know what two words he was writing? Yes. I'm going to ask you an either-or question, because that could also be phrased as a yes or no, but, like, would it make more sense (laughs) for me to focus on what the words were, or what the papers were going to be used for?
1: I think either one gets you to the other one,
0: yeah, uh so he took these pieces of paper and he just threw them away as soon as he left Tom did yeah, did he no, no, he because he needed them, and he couldn't have written them himself. Is that the idea that's yeah, yeah, so is handwriting relevant it is it is handwriting is relevant, and it's not just that Tom has no hand or something. <laughs> Tom has hands. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So he was for physically capable of writing two words on all of these pieces of paper. Yes. Same two words. But it wouldn't have been his handwriting. Is it more just like, he could have done it, but it just would have been fraud? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or something well, that like that? not in a legal sense. I mean, or
0: it just wouldn't have been usable or something?
1: Um, he needed to have Steve do it. Tom needed Steve to do it. Stephen? need, yeah,
0: whatever. No Uh, so Stephen needed to do it and not just another person Um, another person could have done it besides Stephen like another specific person or like we could just call up Grandma Jenkins and anybody else anyone (laughs) but him anyone but Tom (laughs) Wow. (laughs) so any if his cat was especially good at writing could this cat have done it oh we just (laughs) in legal grey waters at this point I mean (laughs)
1: Legality doesn't have anything to do with it. It doesn't have anything to do with it.
0: Is it because he's doing something else while?
1: No, Tom is sitting there wa- just he's watching just, Tom is sitting it.
0: there. Maybe he has some identical pieces of paper and he's writing the same two words on them while Stephen does it just for fun.
1: It would be a waste of his time and paper. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sure. And it's not like uh, he's practicing a magic trick or something?
1: Mm-mm. Nope. Does it have to be a sentient human being <laughs> who writes? <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, could it just be like? Uh, could it be like a robot? <laughs> could somebody just send a robot
1: to do it? A robot who could write the <laughs> <Sure>. words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? Could a I typewriter will. do it? Uh, no, a typewriter cannot have done it. Look, be... the handwriting is important. Just anybody the... but this
0: guy's handwriting. Could it, it could have been bad handwriting and it still be fine? Like it would. Serve its purpose, or is it like um, nice handwriting relevant? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it has to be legible.
1: Yes, it needs to be legible,
0: and it needs, and it would be better if it looked nice. Yes. Okay. Well. Yeah. Sure. But it really, but like he could have called a just a passing passerby, like, "Hey, I need you to write something," and that person might have like actually agreed to do it. Do you think?
1: Oh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> well not. I mean would you? <laughs> uh maybe. It's it's if someone was like not I'm,
0: offensive. <laughs> well, I don't know. Just like and not really
1: bizarre to ask a stranger, maybe a little bit, but like I'm Hello. sorry, sir, could you
0: could could you help me with something? I just need to
1: They would understand what you were asking them, if that's what you <laughs> I'm asking very, like, <laughs>
0: philosophical questions right now. <laughs> I want to know, like, socially speaking, on a scale. They could know,
1: understand what the But it would not was. be a usual thing. That would be kind of right. unusual. Like it's oh, a little unusual, yeah. Don't you
0: have friends to do this right. for you? <laughs> Why don't you kill Steven? <laughs> Steven is really up for this sort of thing. <laughs> and he likes tea, so... Is it like a greeting card... Or something? I mean, it's something. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's It's not not a greeting card, card, but it is the something. (laughs) We're narrowing it down. So he's going to take these pieces of paper, and he's going to give them to someone else. Yes. Okay. Okay. And that someone else could... Is someone... Is it relevantly someone... A family or friend? Yes. So he would not give it to a stranger. Right. He would give it to a family or friend. But boy, they would be hacked if it was his own handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> hacked is the wrong word. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: so if he just was like a really good, let's say he was really good at forging, like, and was just good at writing in all kinds of different handwritings. Could he also do that? Yes. Okay, so really, it's just relevant that it's not his handwriting. Yes, but it's a a family. Say, could it just be a family member? It's or, definitely a family member. Oh, it's not a friend. Um, no, it would be a family member. Yeah, and like a specific one, like mom, dad,
1: uh, sister, brother. Um, no, but you could just but keep it, going, and well, sure, would be. okay, <laughs> <laughs> grandmother, <laughs>
0: grandfather, aunt, uncle. Brother, sister, wife. Okay, kid, child. Oh, I should probably have guessed that. Because you're fooling someone, but it's a child. Also, how much does a child know their father's handwriting? Whatever. Let's just get to the answer first, and then we'll worry about that.
1: Is it from,
0: from Santa? It's from Santa. It's from Santa. I got it. Yeah. It's like once, once we drilled down as a kid, it's like, oh, wait.
1: Yeah, the kid kind of... There you go.
0: The, children... the, the one time when it's okay to deceive your children. <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Not illegal. Sort of deceptive. But everybody's fine with it. <laughs> His children were happy to believe in Santa, but old and perceptive enough to recognize handwriting or disguised handwriting.
0: But also, Paul, come on. I would totally do this if some random stranger asked me to do it. It would be quite the privilege I would adorn them with doodles of Christmas trees and candy canes. So if you need your present tags written by Santa and they are on to your handwriting abilities, you can ask me. My handwriting would be perfect for this uh, so long as your version of Santa Claus is an eight-year-old who drinks way too much coffee. Well, it's Christmas in July because here are three new puzzles under the podcast tree.
1: Puzzle one.
0: (laughs) This goes on for ages. So the other day, I went to the residence of Sherlock Holmes just to have a nice cup of tea. He's an insufferable know-it-all, but uh, I enjoy his company in small doses, especially if Dr. Watson is there to sort of balance out the crazy. So anyway, I told him the previous puzzle of the census taker, and uh, he solved it before I was... "'even done telling it, of course, "'and also told me what Mr. Miller did for a living. "'But then he said, "'You know, coincidentally, my cousin has three children, "'Annie, Benny, and Charlie, "'and the product of their ages can be expressed "'using only and exactly the three digits of our address "'and with no extra symbols of any kind.' "'Ah, is that so?' "'said Dr. Watson with poorly feigned interest.' Not only so, replied Holmes, but the sum of their ages can also be expressed using only and exactly the three digits of our address. Dr. Watson lowered his paper, and I sipped my tea thoughtfully. "Eh, I suppose that is rather curious, said Watson. How do you come up with these things, anyway? Well, it helps that I listen to our friend's Braindrop Puzzles podcast every week. Wow, thanks for listening, I replied. Uh, "'If you do enjoy it, though, please consider giving me a rating on iTunes and telling your friends about it. "'I don't do those sorts of things,' he replied quickly. "'Oh, yeah, of course not.' I nodded and stared awkwardly at my tea. "'Anyway,' said Watson, "'you're going to tell us their ages, surely?' "'Of course not,' said Holmes. "'And don't call me Shirley. "'All the kids at school called me that.' "'Oh, sorry to hear that, Sherlock. Uh, which school?' "'Elementary, my dear Watson.' So, I chimed in. Even if we figured out the ages, we wouldn't know who was what age, correct? That's true. Well, in that case, said Watson, why don't you just give us, say, Annie's age? You still wouldn't be able to figure it out. Well, okay, said Watson. What about Benny's age instead? Nope, wouldn't help you, Holmes replied. Fine then, Sherlock. What information would we need to solve this? Actually... Holmes smiled, looking at me. "'I think our friend here should know everything he needs to know "'in order to tell me the ages of Annie, Benny, and Charlie.' "'So what's the answer, my dear Hobbs?' "'I was a dear, and Holmes was the headlights. "'Fortunately, Mrs. Hudson walked in at just that moment, "'going on about something or other, "'which gave me enough time to figure things out. "'So I pass that along to you. "'How old are Annie, Benny, and Charlie?'
1: Puzzle
0: two. Riddleiculous. Alright, here's a puzzle experiment. I've got three riddles for you, which I'll tell you in just a second. But the solutions to the riddles are all a clue that you need to combine to point you to a famous American author. So it's a multi-layered puzzle. We'll start with the three riddles. Riddle one. This one was actually also written by Stephen Sneed. I saw his riddle first and then expanded it from there. Here it is. Take me, I'm nothing. Move me, I'm something. Push me to the brink and I'll be anything. What am I? Once more. Take me, I'm nothing. Move me, I'm something. Push me to the brink and I'll be anything. What am I? Riddle 2 I am of robbers, I am of bears, I contain fireplaces and chairs. I surround Daniel, I come before Mark, and after the war, I'll keep watch of the park. Once again, I am of robbers, I am of bears, I contain fireplaces and chairs. I surround Daniel, I come before Mark. And after the war, I'll keep watch of the park. Riddle 3 When I am fire, I protect from the unseen. When I am water, the slaves go free. When I am a marvel, I am great. When I am inside you, I isolate. I bear your burdens, share your load, I unite above and below. I see both sides of every divide. Cut me short, and find all inside. What am I? And once again. When I am fire, I protect from the unseen. When I am water, the slaves go free. When I am a marvel, I am great. When I am inside you, I isolate. I bear your burdens, share your load. I unite above and below. I see both sides of every divide, cut me short, and find all inside. What am I? Now once you solve the three riddles, combine the answers to point you to a famous American author.
1: Puzzle 3
0: When politics comes before religion. Here's the lateral thinking puzzle for this week. Recently, a few well-respected institutions included fake news to their publications, presenting it as factual information. It was pointed out by news outlets, and they were criticized, yet the institutions did not remove the information or apologize. Why? You'll hear it solved next week. You can follow us on Facebook to see three clues on that puzzle, also on Twitter, at Braindrop Puzzle if that's your thing. Alright, that's it for this week. You can visit the website at braindroppodcast.com for a refresher on this week's puzzles. And you can send in your solutions, or suggest a puzzle for a future episode, or tell me that Sherlock Holmes never actually said elementary, my dear Watson, by sending an email to puzzles at braindroppodcast.com. Special thanks to Jeff Moore for some of the music, including what you're listening to right now. Finally, please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher or CastBox, and tell your friends about the show. Sherlock Holmes won't, but you can, and I'd appreciate it. Alright, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Brian Hobbs.
1: How do we undo this?